Welcome to Dental Dilemmas, brought to you by the ADA Council on Ethics, Bylaws, and Judicial Affairs, and I am your host, Alex Million. For this episode, we have a different format in store. Many of our recent episodes have reviewed Ethical Moment articles. With this episode, we are going to have a discussion with Dr. Seth Walbridge and Dr. James Lee. At the time of this recording, they were chair and vice chair of the New Dentist Committee. James and Seth have become good friends, and I have immense respect for their dedication to representing new dentists across the country. Join me as we discuss their individual respective paths into organized dentistry and their views on ethics as new dentists. We have um, two special guests with us today. We're continuing our SmileCon series, and we have Dr. Seth Walbridge and Dr. James Lee with us. So um, two members of the New Dentist Committee, and I'm just excited to do kind of a different episode and talk about some pertinent things to the New Dentist Committee and having both of you guys on today. So thank you all for for being here in person. It's been great being at SmileCon and in person doing this series. Um, Could you each take a minute and tell us a little bit about yourselves and where you practice? So I'll go first. Um, I'm Seth Walbridge. I work in Easton, PA. It's at the foot of the Pocono Mountains, and I always say that it's the home of Crayola crayons. So I do private practice very minimally now. I cover for a lot of offices. I've never been a practice owner. Um, I mostly teach now and I am a almost a full-time father now as well. I have a young almost two-year-old and my wife is 20 weeks pregnant. My name is James Lee. I'm the vice chair of the ADA New Dentist Committee and I'm a general dentist from Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, I'm a second generation dentist and it's been incredible being in general dentistry and and the opportunity to to see so much uh, as a new dentist and the opportunity to serve on the new dentist committee and and be a part of the exciting things that are happening in the ADA. And knowing both of you well, a lot of people think that if you're an ASDA, then you kind of graduate on the new dentist committee once you get to that point, depending where you are. But neither of you had a lot of involvement in ASDA, if I remember correctly. So what was your organized dentistry journey and how did you end up in the current positions that you're at? I'll go first. So... You're right, I was not involved in ASDA. That's kind of a regret I have. You know, looking back, I maybe wish I could have gotten more involved. But um, I kind of got more involved in my local component, and I challenged them to if they did anything fun. And they said, okay, tough guy, maybe not. So you bring the fun. So I actually planned a murder mystery dinner for my local component, and it, it went really well. It was kind of one of the most attended things in our, in our local component. And then word just got out and I just got more involved and then at the Valley Forge Conference in Pennsylvania, our trustee at the time was Linda Himmelberger, who I pretty much owe everything of where I'm at in organized dentistry to Linda Himmelberger. She's just a wonderful mentor. So Linda appointed me to the new dentist committee. And then four years later, I'm the the chair of the committee and now a voting member of the board of trustees. So it's been quite the ride. Great. Uh, with everything that else that happens, and uh, they gave me an opportunity to, to help hand out name badges at the local CE and dinner meeting, and that started the journey. I, I got involved with the Massachusetts Dental Society, and then now with the ADA New Dentist Committee, and it came down to peer-to-peer outreach, that a volunteer dentist calling me up and inviting me out to the meeting, and I think that story, we, we hear it replicated across the country, it really takes the initiative and uh, being proactive on, on our part of making sure we continue to do that, to, to reach out to, to folks and make sure that there's a, a good leadership pipeline ahead of our profession. And personal touch is everything. You know, you, to have that personal touch, it just really makes a big difference. I'm sure James would agree. 
And as you said, Seth, so this is the first year that you've been a voting member of the Board of Trustees, and James, you're Vice President of the New Dentist Committee and coming on as the chair next year, so you'll be kind of going into that role. So, Seth, can you talk a little bit about that experience and what you expected it to be coming on from a, the Board of Trustees versus now that, you, that, that you're coming off? Tell, tell us a little bit about that experience. Well, without getting too in-depth, um, you know, it, it's... The four years that I was on the committee, it was always, you know, this isn't going to happen. You know, this just isn't going to You know, say your piece at the reference committee or the house and, you know, take it on the chin and see you later. So this year, or this last October, it passed. And I remember I got a, a message from James Lee, who's sitting next to me, um, that says, you're on the board. You know, I could maybe even find the text. I don't know. But um, it was a shock because, you know, you to be the chair of the committee is, is a lot of work and it's it can be intimidating. But now it hit me that I'm going to have these board responsibilities and I didn't really know, know what to expect. Some advice I would give is maybe don't have a young child um, <laughs> yes. in the, 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 the first year of doing something like this. But um, it's been fun to be, to be uh, the icebreaker, as, J- as James <laughs> says. It's been really fun to be the icebreaker in this, in this regard. And um, it's been a lot of fun. It's been very challenging, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of time commitment, a lot of flights. <laughs> very challenging, but very rewarding. So I'm really glad I did it, but I'm, I am looking forward for James to step in and, and give me a little bit of a break. I'm super excited. So as the vice chair of the new dentist committee, I've gotten to see Seth work his magic. And it's really it's really elevated the opportunity for new dentists to, to share their voice, share their their perspective. And it's challenged us to up our game, right? So in, in as professionals, uh, how we wrestle with issues facing our profession, we've really had to think about at a higher level and, and really rise to the occasion. So I'm, I'm excited about it. Oh, great. I think it's going to be another great year. And Seth, you've represented us wonderfully. And Thanks, we appreciate all your hard work. Mm-hmm. So changing gears a little bit, James, about two and a half, three years ago, we had, I know, had some discussions on the New Dentist Committee and talked about uh, kind of having a different platform, specifically on Instagram, as kind of more of a influencer idea. And um, you've taken that role and run with it. And it's amazing to see that grow and the interaction you've had with other new dentists and students. And But from a, an ethics standpoint, as we, we talk a lot about ethics on this podcast, obviously, are there any situations that you've had as being a dental influencer that you've experienced or conflicts of interest or, or situations or dilemmas that you've had that uh, you've had to deal with from that the last few years? Uh, it's been a it's been a really rewarding and incredible learning journey to to have this social media pilot. I think one of the challenges is being authentic and making sure that in the way we're telling our story, whatever format it is, and, and in this case it just happens to be over Instagram in a form of social media, that authenticity, that professionalism, the, the ethical responsibility to make sure we're adhering to the code of ethics, that doesn't stop when we change to a different platform. And I think we need to remember that these different mediums, there's all sorts of voices, all different voices, but it's on us to represent our profession in a way that is professional, is tactful, and uh, and our voice really matters. And, and this is a huge opportunity to carry our voice further, but we have to make sure we're getting our message out in a way that represents the profession and, and represents our, our, our colleagues and our, and our 
entire profession in, in a professional manner. No, I think I, I couldn't agree more. And it's so easy to uh, sometimes hit post right away, but you got to take all those things into consideration. And kind of on that ethics discussion, Seth, I know being a member of the board of trustees, there's all-encompassing conflicts of interest that sometimes get discussed and other things and different times when you can release information versus not. But how has that experience been? And do you view things now kind of a year later that you've had that experience maybe than what you thought it was going to be going in from an ethics standpoint? So before I answer this, I just want to say another dilemma that James has is who to hug first. (laughs) Because since he's been doing this stuff, Everywhere I go with him, I mean, people's faces just light up when they see yeah. him or they read his name tag or they find out who he is. It's, it's ridiculous. It's, it's actually hard to be around him sometimes because the people want to get at him so badly. <laughs> but in terms of the board and, you know, these ethical dilemmas, it's scary in terms of you don't really know, you know, I'm new to the game, right? So it was scary at first kind of knowing what you could say and what you couldn't. So, you know, we have executive sessions with lawyers, for example, and you just don't know, you know, I'm like kind of shaken. I'm like, well, can I say anything that was discussed here, you know? So that was just, just a huge change for me because I thought I, I thought I knew it all, you know, and now it's, you're on this other level and it's like, holy cow, like that's a pretty serious talk we just had, you know? And then luckily the board has been fantastic and, you know, embraced me. So I, I could always go to them and figure out what I, what I could say and what I couldn't say, but you're right. It's, it's been a, a big change okay. b- being up there. No, I appreciate I appreciate you, you uh, diving into that a little bit. So just some different questions here. If you guys could place a billboard anywhere in your hometown that was specifically geared towards dentists or specifically new dentists that you wanted to send a message, uh, what would that be? I'll go first. So my billboard would just say maybe a picture of a dentist or your name, and, I would, and it would say, you can do this. When I hear that or when I read that, it, it's scary being a new dentist. And you're going to run into a lot of places where if you're, a lot of dentists are employees and you're going to be talked down to and, oh, you don't, you don't know what you're talking about and you don't know how to do this. It's happened to me plenty of times. It's, it still happens occasionally, you know, but it would say you can do this. And the other thing, reason I would put that on there is because you don't have to be a millionaire private practitioner. I've turned into way more toward education more of a work-life balance. You can do many things in the, in the profession. So if you want to be a father, if you want to be a mother, if you want to be a implantologist, if you want to be an educator, you can do this, you know? And so that, that's what I would put on the bill. And that, and that transition you've gone through, especially recently, kind of from more private practice to being more in academics, what spurned that or what, why did you do it? So. All through my life, I've been a, I've been a tutor, and I just really enjoy teaching. And once we had our child, I had to spend less time in private practice because my wife is a critical care anesthesiologist. She's the breadwinner in the family, and I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed of that. You know, I'm, I'm very proud of her. Someone has to pick our child up. Unfortunately, we don't have any family where we live, so it's on us to to handle that stuff. And my wife just looked at me. She's like, "You love teaching. Why don't you try this?" You know, she's like, I got your back. Like, I make the money, you know, which is great, you know. So I did it, loved it. And um, the place where I'm at was like, well, can you come on for more days? So I, I now teach for th- three days okay. a week. And uh, they have me on occasionally for a fourth day to do lectures. Okay. So it's, it's been fantastic. No, that's great. Like you said, there's so many ways to practice dentistry differently. And exactly. it's, it's great to have that flexibility and your own autonomy. Mm-hmm. James, going back to the billboard question with you, what, what would what would the billboard say? 
My billboard would say dentists are part of the solution and ADA is your home. And the reason behind that is I, I believe we've seen throughout the pandemic and, and post-pandemic, there are so many challenges facing our communities far wide and each dentist is part of their community. You're a leader in your community and you touch so many aspects of your community. It's an incredible opportunity to be a positive impact. And our dentists, they are looked upon to, to give guidance about oral health, but overall health, and also leadership in community. And dentists rising to the occasion is something that we would love to see. And we've been really promoting dentists uh, getting outside the four walls of their clinic. I, we can do incredible things in, in our operatories, but the impact shouldn't just stop there. And, and being a part of the ADA is an opportunity to, to work on issues that are bigger than just my own practice, that things that impact our entire country, our communities, from south to north, from west to east, suburban, urban to rural. Each of our communities is facing challenges that dentists can be part of the solution for. No, I, I couldn't agree more. And well I think, said. yeah, well said. absolutely. And both of you speak to students. Obviously, Seth, like you said, you're more in teaching form now. And James, I know you're uh, interacting with students all the time, like we said, with social media. But from an ethics standpoint, and ethics isn't necessarily talking about the five principles, the ADA code of ethics, having discussions like this and where the future of dentistry is going, because everything is ethics, in my opinion, as, as more and more, especially, you've gotten involved with this podcast. But what ethical information when you speak to new dentists do you like to share and what do you try to drive home when they're so either in, in school or so early in their career? I basically just say do the right thing. You know, it's if, if there's ever a question or we had a big cheating scandal in our at my school. I won't say when I graduated. I feel old. But um, just do the right thing, you know. And the right thing sometimes might be to help the public, you know, or the right thing might be to take time off for yourself. But... Just doing the right thing, and if I always, if I tell myself that, it helps me professionally, ethically, uh, mentally. So do the right thing. I, I would share that we need to lead by example. Professionalism, ethics, it doesn't start when you graduate and when you finish and you start into practice. It's about how you conduct yourself in school, your reputation. That matters, right? And and it carries forward into when you're practicing and whatever area of dentistry that you want to practice, no matter what practice setting you are, there are opportunities to, to be a leader and affect incredible change. But those foundations, when we're in dental school, of ethical behavior, of professionalism, like that starts when we're in school and, and that carries forward with you. So I, I encourage everybody to, you know, to, to be that leader for, for your peers. And people are watching. You know, like people are are always watching. So be the example. Yeah, no, I couldn't I couldn't agree more. And we're we're at SmileCon. We're obviously continuing our, our SmileCon series with this podcast. So, what have you both enjoyed so far? The meeting's really getting going today. We had I know Dr. Brene Brown um, spoke, and then I know you guys have been attending some of the Real Talk series. New Dennis has been hosting. But what are you excited about? How have things been so far? And I was really surprised by Brene Brown, to be honest with you. I, it, she, I'm one of the ignorant souls who didn't really know who she was. I was like, who the heck? She was wonderful. She was wonderful. I'm, gonna, I'm definitely going to get into her her stuff a little more. Um, I do have HBO Max, so I can get her, her show and whatnot. But um, that, uh, we just heard a mental health speaker. 
um, or panel rather. Um, that was really, really impactful. Um, I don't want to take up all of the good things, so I'll, I'll turn it over to James here. Sure, my, my favorite part of uh, being here at SmileCon is reconnecting and meeting Dennis from all across the country and even you know folks from far away places this is a wonderful opportunity that the ADA brings us all together and we have the opportunity to, to meet Dr. Tara Peterson who's an Olympian and uh, she's a dentist she's a, a leader and, and someone who's an example to all of us right so there's there's incredible dentists who we're meeting walking around and and uh, having opportunities to, to just have uh, fascinating conversations that range anywhere from clinical to ethical to what our plans are for, for the rest of the, the conference. But it's beautiful to see all the, the folks that, the, the beautiful tapestry of, of dentistry here represented and we couldn't be more excited to connect with everybody because we really miss that. Mm. And, and it, it, I love that ADA can bring us all together. Mm. Now, the camaraderie is, camaraderie is just amazing here. Yeah, it's been wonderful to get back together, and this is the first meeting that I feel like everything is back to how things were before, so it's really nice to sit down and do that. Any final thoughts, or I appreciate you, you both sitting down and discussing the, these few things and being a part of the podcast. Mm -hmm. I would just say, you know, reach out to your new dentist committee. I mean, I, I feel like we're a resource that isn't really tapped into that much. We have a wonderful group of people that just wants to help, so I would say just reach out to your new dentist committee, be on the lookout for some town hall meetings. We have some town hall meetings coming up this year. We're going to do a few more. Join us, participate, and um, hang out with us. I, I couldn't say better than Dr. Walbridge, uh, our, our wonderful chair. And uh, I, I would say to everybody, we need you. The ADA needs your voice, your passions. And the ADA New Dentist Committee is here to help you navigate that. The, all the amazing committees and councils like CBJA are amazing resources and we would love to be a part of your journey. So please reach out to the New Dentist Committee. We love, you know, the, the op we would love the opportunity uh, to be a part of your dental journey. So thank you for having us. Thank you both. This has been awesome and appreciate the time. All right. Thanks, Alex. Remember to keep ethics at the forefront of your daily practice and stay tuned to Sibja Decode's Dental Dilemmas.